talent plus usage equals fantasy football success, right? Wrong. Too often experts draw the line here when so much more is at play. Just ask Todd Gurley, who only received 22 more touches in 2017, yet more than tripled his TDs and nearly doubled his yards. How? The answer is coaching scheme. Easily the most overlooked fantasy football factor until now. Introducing the first ever fantasy football coaching carousel, the most comprehensive guide to 2018's new offenses, available for free at rotostreetjournal.com slash coaches. Featuring nearly 100 pages jam-packed with in-depth breakdowns on the schemes, philosophies, and past histories of 2018's newest head coaches and offensive coordinators, past player production lists that illustrate trends and identify breakouts or busts for each position, previews and predictions on how QBs, RBs, wide receivers, and tight ends will be used and perform in their new systems in 2018 to answer so many questions that include why Matt Nagy could be this year's Sean McVay and lead a historic offensive turnaround in Chicago, why Saquon Barkley is worth a top five overall pick under Pat Shermer, how Kirk Cousins is a legitimate threat to top 4,500 yards and 30 TDs with John DeFilippo calling plays, and why it's time to trust Amari Cooper again under John Gruden, how could targets shake out between Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry under Todd Haley, why both should top 1,000 yards, and that's just the beginning. You legitimately can't find these types of breakdowns anywhere else. Get a huge leg up on your competition and find 2018 Sean McVay. Oh, and remember, it's free. Visit rotostreetjournal.com slash coaches for your free copy of the 2018 Fantasy Football Coaching Carousel. It's really a selfless position. Uh, you know, fullback, it's all dirty work. I mean, there's no real glory, and he's not really getting the ball in carries. And, you know, not, I, threw it, I definitely throw it to him. Um, but being a lead blocker really sets the tone for, uh, for the offense. It's a very valuable position, and uh, anyone that can create holes and that physical style toughness in the run game is really important for us. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Hey everybody, and welcome to episode number 22 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. Fantasy Fullback Dive, of course, the only fantasy podcast you should be listening to if you want to pave your way to hoisting the trophy in 2018 in your hometown league, your work league, uh, just an online league of degenerates, uh, or just, you know, some other fantasy sharks, like we got going on Fantasy Wolves, actually, it would be more appropriate. We got a pretty great Road Street Journal League, and of course, I'm going to pave my way to the title by listening to this podcast. Of course, I got the inside track. I am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. How you doing, Wolf? I'm doing fantastic today, Mark. The last day of the school year, so it's officially summer vacation, which means it's officially fantasy football nonstop all day, every day, 24-7. So wait, wait. How long ago did the school year end for you? Literally not two hours ago. Two hours I just ago? got home. How many drinks yeah. have you had since then? I uh, just chugged one beer to get home. I had a lot of preparation to do for this, so I didn't want to get too boozed up late. Uh, but tonight, it'll be a big one. I'm celebrating my mom's birthday, too. Shout out, Nancy. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but af- afterwards, I will definitely be celebrating hardcore. Uh, can't wait. But we had, a, we had a great episode planned here, so I got to make sure to get home, get prepped for it. The Coaching Carousel Part 1, Nat. No, Coaching Carousel Part 1 is going to be a huge deal. Uh, you know, 
Uh, we'll see if coaching carousel part two can live up to the expectations. We're going to set the bar pretty high here. Yeah. Uh, and of course, this is all going to be coming from the brain of the wolf or at Rotor Street Wolf, as those of you in the Twitterverse may know him. Uh, and, you know, and the wolf pack is growing substantially from what I understand. Absolutely, man. The Twitter interaction has been great. Snapchat's been getting going. Some of the guys from last year coming out of the woodwork saying they're ready to go. That's the best time of this year is when actual real humans start to care about fantasy. I know we've been psychos. I know. We've just been going. Uh, we've been, you know, doing these pods for Russian bots for like the last two or three months. And the interaction, <laughs> and, you know, it's nice. They talk a lot about social issues that we don't care about. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're done with those Russian bots and their social issues. But this is the good <laughs> stuff, man. This is when we start digging in, getting real questions from real people people, not Russian bots, uh, and people actually care about what we're saying. It's it's the best. And before we start diving into OTAs, um, training camps and whatnot, OTAs just wrapped up. So we got kind of a new look at the, the offenses going in in here. And that's crucial because there's so many new play callers going in in 2018. I believe that there's like a third of the league, maybe even half the league at this point, 12 new play callers. And I only care about about 10 of them because two of them involve the Jets and Bills. And if you care about those offenses, you're an idiot. So... Those aren't going to matter, but we got 10 new play calls coming in. We got part one today to break down five of those. Four, the four head coaches we're going to break down today that are going to be calling plays. The next episode, we'll really dive into some of the coordinators that you really need to know about uh, going over. And, you know, is a lot of people I've seen on the Twitter sphere say t- coaching scheme doesn't matter. It's a trap. You're just doing random correlation. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, ask Todd Gurley about that last year, going from the absolute worst offense in the league to the best offense in the league, literally the biggest turnaround you could possibly have. You're telling me that's all because Andrew Whitworth and a couple new receivers, Joan? Like, you think Jeff Fisher was going to do that? No. The coach obviously had a huge impact. Gurley obviously became a huge bust to the fantasy hero of 2017. So if you don't think coaching matters, you're absolutely Who the hell is saying that coaching scheme doesn't matter? Like, who are these? Are these Russian bots? Is that Probably Russian bots. They're just saying it to antagonize us? We gotta... I mean, not only does it not only does it, I know, seriously, like, uh, not only that, by the way, not only does it matter, uh, this is actually breaking news for those of you that are Rotor Street Journal followers, like diehards, Wolfpack men. And we've actually changed the stock formula. And the stock oh, formula, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is like the backbone of, of the entire company. I mean, this is what we kind of base the wolf and, you know, by extension, most of the rest of us, our, our whole philosophy about. We have actually changed the stock formula and it is actually changing it to weight coaching scheme more. Uh, we had coaching scheme was uh, 10 and we've actually bumped it up to 15 and we took those five out of upside, which I think we've gone from 10 to five on that fell like upside, maybe a little bit redundant in some ways. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. that, maybe that fits in a little bit with scheme, but also a little bit with talent, uh, which is already a huge, huge factor. So uh, right. that's correct. Now you real quick, why don't you just give us the, the 10 second rundown of the new revised uh, fantasy stock formula. Absolutely. The more and more I dug into these historic trends, and that's what we're going to kind of dive in today. Uh, you'll give me like a, a minute to break down the schemes yep. and offenses. You're going to give me a minute to talk about who is the player most impacted. And that's it. We're just kind of going to give you a little mini taste. You want to get every single player impact, all that stuff, the whole team previews. You got to make sure you visit, visit rotostreetjournal.com slash coaches. That's where you can find this draft guide. You heard the pre-roll advertisement we were talking about. That's where you can find this draft guide. We're just giving you a little bit of a taste here today. Today. Um, but as I dove in, I just continued to just, you know, Gruden, as we'll talk about in a second, 
at all 11 seasons, a thousand yard receiver. So, I mean, that, that's kind of crazy that that trend it isn't just blind luck. It isn't just, he had these elite talents every single year. He clearly loves to pepper his number one guys with looks. And the more and more I looked at that, that clearly deserves more than just the five points upside was taken. But th- those two definitely weren't in equal categories, 10 and 10. Uh, so if you visit, uh, ffbdpod.com slash 19, that's where we broke down the formula as originally, con- um, made and still great listening it still goes behind the philosophy of it all i think there's i think there's a youtube video also where the specifically where we break down the formula yep you visit that youtube page roto street journal on youtube it's been flourishing lately getting good interaction good comments on it so love that page it's been really taken off um but yeah we we broke that all down and then in this process of making this draft guide over 100 pages like we talked about trends and offensive schemes and philosophies as i broke it down i just continued to think more and more this isn't just blind luck and good talent and you know all that stuff look at kamara's breakout last year you look at champagne's history over 35 percent opportunity share for running backs just target wise in his offenses historically you had to know with these guys like darren sproles and reggie bush he always has loved this type of role and a lot of people noted that but if you looked at how much he actually targeted those guys and what those guys outputs were kamara should have been going in round four or five i mean obviously he should have been going round one but if you looked at just how deep those numbers went and how historic those trends were kamara would never have slipped as far as he did so that that's really why i'm just all in on scheme these days upgraded to five more points in the the formula and honestly i'm considering making it even more i was gonna say if anything if anything uh it's it's maybe still underrepresented we'll see um but i i agree with your change i you know i know that you uh, although you're a big believer in the system, you're big on taking feedback and, and, you know, certainly any suggestions, any of the guys or really anybody gives you, you at least take them into consideration. I Absolutely. agree, I agree with the change that you made. Um, and I think it's going to make the fantasy stock uh, formula even better. Right, because it dictates not only just how the player is being used, is it a workhorse, is it a target hog, but it also dictates the whole offense as, as a whole. How's the surrounding talent performing? You know, all these factors definitely play into each other and create this profile, which is great. But coaching scheme does have such a lingering effect on so many other outputs, too, uh, that it is just so important. So I agree 100% with you that it might even be undervalued at this point. All right. I mean, legit, we got like, is this, this is real. This is like 100 pages of like work. Roughly, unbelievable. I mean, it's, yeah. Do you do you remember phone books? <laughs> I, I do remember phone books. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, I, I haven't seen a phone book in a while, but man, when I was a kid, and this is like you know before you were even born, probably. I mean, it was all about the phone book. I mean, you. I used to like the phone book too you, when you, I was a little. You boy. had to have the phone book. I mean, that was not yeah. only to find businesses, but like you know, if you wanted to call one of your friends, like you'd look them up in the phone book. Now that just seems like ridiculous. But anyway, the point is, phone books. Really thick. I've also heard that, like, if a cop holds a phone book up against you and punches you, they won't leave a, br- a bruise. Um, no. So, you know, if you have old phone books lying around, I guess not just a cop. Anybody could probably do that. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, this is this is a phone book style uh, because it's so thick uh, thing about coaches. And, and the wolf, you know, deserves a lot of credit for this. Check out rotostreetjournal.com slash coaches um, and tell us what you think. So real quick, we're nobody's ever done that either, too. That's like, you know, we're keep trying to figure out a way to differentiate in the industry and just realized how important this was as we just preached. Realized nobody's really gone in and broken it down. Our guy Scott Barrett, we had on um, a few episodes ago, does a great job at making these charts of all the trends, but nobody's really just fleshed out all 11 wide receivers under Gruden, all 15 receivers under Norv Turner, and just looked at all these trends 
trends and tried to pick them apart uh, position by position. It's just fantastic stuff. Great team previews for everybody. So uh, I would love if you guys could check that out again. RotoStreetJournal.com slash coaches. Put a ton of time into it. Didn't realize it was over 100 pages until we started actually compiling it into an ebook and was like, holy shit, this is a lot of stuff. So as you're getting set up on your preparation, no one does this stuff. It could be a huge leg up for you because nobody else is creating this type of content. And a lot of people don't know it yet. So get that leg up on your competition and become a true wolf. Study those coaches. Nobody's done it until now. We'll be back right after this. All right, we are back, and we are going to hit you with a little segment we like to call the Rookie Radar. Um, sound guy Nate, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming Radar Love is playing in the background right now. Uh, <laughs> only one way to find out when we listen back to this thing. But he's usually, uh, or maybe he's got something even better. Sound guy Nate does surprise me sometimes. Always got some great things up the sleeve, right, yeah. Right, right. So anyway, the Rookie Radar, we got some rookies, and we're mostly talking about running backs here. We're actually specifically talking about running backs here. All three and These are guys backs. that, you know, what are you looking for when you're looking for a fantasy running back, rookie or otherwise? You got to have a guy that's got the starting job. I mean, preferably you're looking for a three down workhorse, but you want the guy that's getting the most carries on the team. You draft a running back. You want to make sure your guy's getting the ball in his hands a few times running, uh, you know, hopefully passing if you're in a PPR league as well. But these are some guys that are pushing for starting jobs. We want to know, does the Wolf believe it? Does he believe the hype? Because, I mean, everyone's talking about guys competing for starting jobs. That's just kind of like part of the deal. Um, And do you care? Like, I mean, you know, is one of these guys going to get this starting job? And is it even relevant to the point that we should be giving it airtime? Well, at least a little bit it must be because we're about to give each one of these guys at least a couple minutes. Um, So let's talk about the rookie radar. Um, ESPN's John Kime writes, it would be surprising, and that's in quotes, if second-rounder Darius Geis does not open the season as the starter for the Washington football team, Wolf, thoughts? Uh, this this report seems pretty ridiculous because, of course, it would be shocking if he's not the starter. Uh, otherwise, Unless they were going to roll out Chris Thompson to begin games. Because otherwise, who's he competing with? Friggin' Samaje Pirine, if I'm still not saying that name right. I have no idea, and I don't care because the guy's a bum. Rob Kelly, who's apparently on the roster bubble, was just nothing more than a plotter at its fullest. So, I mean, who does guys have to compete with at this point? Of course, he's locking down that job. And I'm pumped that he is because I've always loved guys. He's high on my big board solid you know 10 spots higher than the expert consensus where he's right around 48 or so late fourth round I think he could be an absolute steal there I mean you're looking at an offense that should move the ball well under Alex Smith he converts third downs as high as any quarterback he's such a caretaker of the ball he, he really knows how to keep the offense moving they have a pretty solid line there of course he's going to lose some receptions to Chris Thompson one of the best pass catching backs in the league he really emerged last year was the RB12 even in standard leagues last year before he got hurt so that guy is a playmaker he's going to be involved but I think it's really going to be a two-back show and Geis is going to dominate in that early down carry role that short yardage role I I really legitimately think his talent is on par with Leonard Fournette he didn't look much different at all when he was in the backfield as when Fournette was there this guy's a bruiser uh, and I think removing him from that receiving role honestly can help him out he's not going to be exposed to those type of hits that he's not all that comfortable making and the guy's a great receiver I mean all the early training camp video coming out on this guy is he's running great routes he's going on the wheel routes and everything so I mean he could potentially emerge if Thompson gets hurt again as a three down horse and a solid overall offense with a great talent one of the most undervalued guys in fantasy right now is Darius Geis so obviously he's going to win the starting 
job, and obviously he's going to be a beast. Invest when you can. And you like Geis as a late third round, third rounder, early fourth rounder, maybe better I say, even. I mean, the the late fourth round price right now is irresistible. Late fourth round say. price, really? Yeah, the, you know he's going at the end. He's forty eight, so the end of the fourth round is where he's going right now. I I, I, I definitely I I'd be in the business for that. Yeah. And I I put him probably like you just said towards the end of the third round is where I would be looking. So uh, almost a full round more, I I would value Geis as to where he's currently going. Definitely a guy I'm all in, especially the fact that. He's going to be the starter. That seems like a no-brainer to me. Like that as well. All right, let's go down. I always get this guy's name wrong, and I'm talking about the uh, reporter, not the running back, but Pat McManaman. Is that right? <laughs> Is that possibly this guy's name? I mean, that's just uh, overly complicated, if you ask me. Uh, anyway, what heritage do you think McManaman is? I don't know. It sounds like a fake name. It sounds like uh, something you'd put on an ID trying to buy beer when you're like 14. Um, <laughs> right, anyway, anyway, he right, right. Don't cockbox McLovin. Yeah. Um, Pack McManaman writes it would, and I love. We're using quotes again. Would not be surprising if second rounder Nick Chubb wins, and this is in quotes again. The bulk of early down carries thoughts wolf i mean carlos hyde i think is underrated here and I, I think he's a great power runner showed a lot of strength last year but he does carry a decent injury history with him and i think chubb is an absolute monster i've seen some recent reports that are calling chubb kind of this year's dalvin cook where there's a lot of negativity early on because they think the nominal starter remember last year this time you know latavius murray was in the way we were a little bit down on cook I, i'll admit it you know we thought he had to overcome latavius murray was behind a line that played a lot better than we ever expected expected so there is a lot of negativity around Chubb in this congested looking backfield uh, but ultimately I think he has the talent to win this job I agree with McManaman whatever the hell this guy's name is that he could outright win the, the job and out of all the backs you know Hyde's value is nowhere there's no value with drafting Hyde right now he's going you know 70 ish going late sixth whereas you can get Nick Chubb who I think is probably the better natural talent an ADP for fantasy pros 122 so a tenth ish round guy I think the upside's definitely there this was a backfield that originally I was saying and eh, not great to t- attack kind of disgusting committee base we know Duke Johnson's gonna be the receiving guy but Chubb ultimately could just outright steal that job a strong offense of line and offense that we've talked about could be in line for a historic turnaround maybe not on the level of the Rams going from worst to first of last year but I could see the Browns being a top 10 offense in the league this year with Tyrod Taylor Jarvis Landry Josh Gordon head on straight I mean those guys are going to be able to move the ball uh, behind a great line with more red zone scoring chances if Chubb t- takes that that early round job he's going to be a steal at 122 so I, I, I give him a fair shot I'll give him about a, you know 50-50 shot they put a lot of money into Hyde so I bet you he opens the, the season as the, the – or at least opens training camp as a starter. But Chubb definitely has the upside to steal that job. And at 122, values 100% there. How excited are you for Hard Knocks, for, by the way? With, I'm, with, I'm actually pretty excited for Hard Knocks. And I'm not always excited for Hard Knocks. But I, right. I, I really am. I just want to say a couple things. First of all, take it easy on the whole Browns could be a top 10 offense thing. You, I you, they, you buy into this bullshit every year. And I admit, I'm, I'm, I'm more, right now, I'm more intrigued. I'm Okay. Well, well, that'll be our first – bet That'll on the be board. Our first little bet? Well, it might not even be our first, but anyway, well, I'll put it on the board. probably put some more I'll put it on the board. I've been writing right. them down. I have a spreadsheet that I keep them Okay, on. good. But anyway, you, uh, I mean, take it easy on that. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves here. This is a team that's one in 31 in the last two years. Second of all, and I'm going to, I'm calling Pat McManaman out right now on the <laughs> podcast. Pat, this is just like a nothing statement. 
You're writing, it would not be surprising if second rounder Nick Chubb wins the bulk of the carries. You're just covering your ass, McManaman. You don't know shit. Right. You don't know shit about this. Like, take a stand. Would not be surprising. So Chubb, like, busts out in the second half of the season. You're like, oh, I'm not surprised. Like, give me a break. Take a stand. <laughs> yeah. Say what you want to say. Like, McManaman, this is nothing. I agree with you that Chubb's value uh, in the eighth, ninth round, uh, I find that more intriguing than than these other guys much, much higher because I could see mm-hmm. something like that happening. I, I would actually probably go the route of not drafting Chubb and trying to pick him up early in the season on waivers because I don't think he's going to get much early on. And I could see him floating around cheap early in the season. We'll uh, if, I, if I'm in your league, I will hold on to him until he has that job. I see Hyde going down well, or just completely being erased well, at some you're point. You're in I one think league Chubb, with me and the other leagues I'm in, I'm with mostly idiots. So I, 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 I like that idea, though. I, I could see Chubb being one of those guys like mid-season, just explodes down. You know, we talk or, about stretch. Or, or trade. Trust. You know, somebody's going to pick him up like you and you hold on to him or whatever, trade for him in the third week because he's not going to have done anything and, and you know, get him, <laughs> right. get him on the cheap. I love that it's it's not even July and we're predicting late midseason heroes. That's right. <laughs> not even July. That's right. I'm, I'm doing that and I'm calling out ESPN's Pat McManaman. <laughs> I love it. And Let's that, get him on right. the pod so you can have some more. Bring him on the pod. I would love to look him in the eye and tell him what I really think <laughs> of him. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's a hot take right there for the fantasy fullback time. Broncos coach Vance Joseph says Royce Freeman, absolutely, and that's in quotes because we don't do anything without quotes, um, can win the lead job. Okay, Vance. Well, really go out on a limb there. Uh, what do you think, Wolf? Yeah, this is kind of another nothing report. Like you said, I think it would not be shocking at all for Royce Freeman. He's clearly the best talent, in my opinion, out of this bunch. When you're contending with Devontae Booker, who's done absolutely nothing in his early NFL career, and then D'Angelo Henderson, who's already banged up in camp, flashed a little bit in the preseason last year, but he's a nobody. Compared to Royce Freeman, an Oregon beast. I think he really fell in the draft uh, and was one of the better values at the the position. Can do it all. In every down skill set, he can catch the ball, but more of just that bruiser grinder and an offense that should take a step forward with Case Keenum. I know I cannot reflect that with, you know, my rankings of Demarius Thomas and my rankings of Sanders. I just continue to just keep them low because they, they just make me they're cute. vegans. They're the vegan, the vegan ass of Demarius Thomas. I, mean, I didn't never you, invest didn't, in again. I think, didn't you refer to Demarius Thomas as a soft ass bitch? Yeah, definitely. I, I think all of that is very true as he comes and kicks down my door and just beats the shit out of me. I'm sure he could still do that. Vegan Who's or soft? Not. Who's soft? Uh, <laughs> but either way, um, I, I think Freeman could obviously outright win this job. Uh, they're saying, you know, expect a heavy dose of Booker. I am nervous, though, that last year they were a bit of a committee. I'm not sure if Freeman does have the talent to just outright completely win it and have nobody contend with him. He could. The opportunity is there. But out of these rookie runners, backs you know I had Freeman a lot higher than Chubb earlier on but the more muddy and muddy that situations become the fact that they keep hyping up Booker uh, I like the talent of Chubb better I like his overall situation better when if and when he takes over even if Freeman takes that job I don't absolutely love it their line is weak I don't think Case Keenum's going to be the true answer and this offense just suddenly explodes so give me Chubb uh, I'll tell you this much I bet you the the Browns offense scores a hell of a lot more than the Broncos this year what do you think maybe that's the I don't think make. that's like but yourself out on the limb either i mean the broncos offense is going to probably be pretty inept last place last year was the the browns i'm telling you they're gonna they're gonna blow the broncos out of the water 
Okay, but now we've turned this into like a Broncos versus Browns thing, which was not what I was even getting into. I was getting okay. into Browns versus the rest of the league. I do happen to be a Broncos fan, but I want to be clear. That's because I really enjoyed their team in the late 80s and mid 90s and late yes. 90s. Right. That was a long gonna time. It's going to be a while until we see that again. Uh, it might be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. We're going to start the coaching carousel. Coaching carousel part one right after this. Coaching Carousel. I hope we got some carousel music going on. You know the old <laughs> carousel music. The, I don't know. I, I was going to try to do it, but I can't do it justice. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is going to be some rapid fire stuff. The Wolf, I'm actually going to be setting timers repeatedly. Uh, we're going to say uh, a coach and a team that that coach is attached to. The Wolf's going to give me a minute summing up that coach's scheme, which is going to be, I mean, that's, that's going to be a, a task. And then, yeah. and then he's going to hit me with the player that is going to be affected the most by this scheme. Uh, and, and I'm going to give him a minute for that. So you're going to be hearing a lot of buzzers unless the wolf is really on his game, in which case you won't be hearing any buzzers. And you're just going to be hearing jam-packed information for about the next 10, 12, 15 minutes. You're I like ready? that option. You ready, Wolf? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Uh, once I give you the coach's name and the team, uh, the timer's going to start. Yep. All right. Uh, first guy, and I'm not even surprised we're starting with this guy because we've been talking about this guy since like a month after the Super Bowl. And that, of course, is Matt Nagy, Oregon transplant for the Chicago Bears at the head coaching position. Uh, Helfrich is the, the Oregon transplant. Nagy's the uh, Chiefs guy. What? Helfrich is the Oregon guy. Oh, yeah, gosh. yeah, yeah. Helfrich is the offensive coordinator. Oh, you're Oregon. totally right. Sorry, guys. Uh, yes. Misquote. Uh, don't worry. Your time hasn't started yet. That was a bungle by the yeah, truth. Yeah, give me the scheme name, too, I gave you, too. Okay. That's one. All right, Matt Nagy. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, he's uh, coming from the Chiefs, worked under Andy Reid. My bad. I, I've, I've, been, I've learned more about the Bears in the offseason than I ever thought that I would learn. So, so apologies, you know, even the truth sometimes uh, steps in it. Um, yeah. The scheme described as up-tempo, vertical, West Coast, three, two, one, go, Wolf. Yep, and up-tempo and vertical are not what you usually hear associated with the West Coast. But when uh, when you talk about Nagy, he summarizes offense with the following line. Overall, we're going to be much more aggressive than we are conservative. You love to hear that as a fantasy owner. What he means by that? going to mean pace of play. It's going to mean downfield throws. We're going to always attack you down the field is what Nagy said. And that's really, really, he adds his spice to the West Coast offense. If you know a West Coast offense, it's all about horizontal, quick strike passing, ins, out, slants, get the ball out of your hands, get it to your playmakers, let them do their thing. Whereas Nagy's the complete opposite. He likes to have that as a base and then beat you deep once you start biting on those short routes. Alex Smith led the league with 1,344 deep passing yards last year and had the highest passer rating on those deep throws. So, I mean, obviously a history of that. He's going to move people all over the place. That goes with Helfrich's overall philosophy. You know, oh yeah, tons of quick strikes, getting your playmakers in space, rack up the yak. They both love to move players around. They both love fast-paced attacks. You look at Oregon, that spread fast-paced attack, going to be awesome. That was pretty good, man. That's impressive. You got like about a minute and two seconds. Uh, that right. was good stuff. All right, and the player that is going to be affected the most is Tyreek Cohen. Cohen just drips in explosiveness and huge playability. Over 50% of his runs went for 15-plus yards last year, making him PFF's Pro Football Focus's top breakaway threat in 2017. His nickname is the Human Joystick. 
can't get better than Great that. Great nickname. Um, and yet, despite all these playmaking flashes, obviously your favorite boy, John Fox, just completely let him ride the pine and use him nearly to his fullest potential. That will not happen. One to two Nagy. touches a game is all he needed. Uh, awful. Awful. And so we got Nagy, who's going to be the absolute pristine play caller for this guy. He's already been lining up all over the field, running inside, outside, coming out of the backfield on pass plays, pass protecting, lining up at wide receiver. They say he's the busiest player this in this offense outside of Mitch Trubisky in terms of learning just everything he can go. He, he's just going all over the Ten place. Seconds. We had Nagy call him just a pristine route runner. Can you really run routes? He is able to run routes, said Nagy. Huge disadvantage to the defense when you get him on linebackers. Safeties can't even cover when he's burning deep and there it goes and there it goes there it goes that's solid man all right all right you've got me sucked into this coaching carousel here is adp just for the record 77 overall it's going to be a complete joke of a price he could potentially take over jordan howard's job and be the lone guy we've seen jamal charles do something similar i'm milking my time sorry no it's okay it's okay I, i know how you roll i know you're trying to sneak in extra time it, even in a committee, he's going to blow up, though. So got to be all over Cohen at that 77. Where do you where do you value him exactly? If they, I have, if they have him like what? What's that? Like mid seventh round, mid sixth round, and you? Yeah, what do you 77 think of him? is like you know late uh, early seventh, right? I have him probably mid fifth, so a okay. round and a half or so uh, higher than he's going right now. So you're looking to snag him in the sixth, maybe. He's a guy, though. I bet you by the time the preseason ends, we're going to see him just going all over the place, and all those reports emerge. You know the hype train. That's going to happen to Cohen. I know the hype trains. And the the post-hype trains. Let's not forget about them. Absolutely. All right, here we go. Um, Next one up, this is John Gruden, newly acquired head coach of the Oakland Raiders for the second time, who I believe (laughs) signed a 10-year, $100 million contract. So they really really believe it's so dumb. Um, And, I mean, I think coaching scheme is important. Don't get me wrong. But, come on, what are you doing? Um, And the scheme is listed as West Coast Smash Mouth Grinder. And that's in capitals with lots and lots of R's after it. Three, two, one. Go ahead, Wolf. Well, that's because grinding physical attacks have long been Gruden's calling card in the NFL. His offense has always been centered around that power run game. He always had a bruising fullback that can usually be physical and also be versatile, catch passes, spider two-wide banana. Everyone knows him as because he loves running those fullback routes for whatever reason. He said we're going to throw the game back to 1998. Well, so The Broncos, I believe, won catch- the Super Bowl that year, so go ahead. <laughs> Maybe they did. He's not trying to uh, you know, catch up to the speed of the no-huddle pass-centric attacks. He wants to go backwards and power smash mouth football but even so he's always had a good west coast passing offense to balance out that power run game it's always he's been more historical horizontal not the vertical type of nagy that guy but he loves to pepper the slot loves his one number one receiver uh like we said 11 out of 11 seasons a thousand yard guy um he loves the yak opportunities we got tim brown putting up monster seasons so 10 seconds you know, the, the passing game will funnel through one guy, one guy only, while the defense is softened up by a bruising power running game. And we'll stop there at 58 seconds. Not bad, Wolf. The player that is going to be uh, affected by this the most, and I'm assuming we're talking about affected positively, the yes. positively the most, Always. is none other than Amari Cooper. Go ahead. 
So in 11, again, 11 of 11 times, 1,000-yard receiver. And we look at Amari Cooper, first two years in the league, 1,000 yards, even if it was a little bit inconsistent and volatile. Uh, but what I love about this is Tim Brown, the guy that thrived under uh, John Gruden, was saying if he can't get the best out of Cooper, nobody can. I think Amari, this is an incredible opportunity for him to get 120, 125 catches with no problem, which is ridiculous. But Gruden's also said, when I saw him coming out of Alabama, it reminded me of a young Tim Brown. So we see those parallels. And Brown played all all of the slot where Cooper has been at his most dominant. Even though he's only been there 17% or so of the time, he's been flat out dominant. That one game he had last year, 11 catches, 210 yards, two TDs, he was running out of the slot 35% of the time. So we imagine that Gruden's going to be using him like Tim Brown. That means he's going to move him all over, especially inside the numbers, where he's going to be his most dominant self, where he has been dating back to Tuxalusa at Arizona, I mean, Alabama. So we got, you know, again, a perfect match. Uh, of a coach that's going to use him the right way and a talent that's just waiting to be used the right way too. So love Cooper to blow up this year. Mari Cooper has burned me a couple times on bets with you. My my percentage for winning bets with you is definitely better than 50%. But if you took Amari Cooper out of the equation, it would be much, much better. <laughs> yeah, you've always been a little bit too no, high I mean, not anymore. Not anymore, I'm not. Now I'm and, probably too low on him. We'll and this see. is the year you're going to get burned for being too low. He's going to be that guy that just always eludes you. When you should be Maybe. high on him, you're going to be too low. When you should be low on him, you're going to be too high. That's He's just one of those right. guys. And when, and when those people show up, like my philosophy, my stock tip is stay the fuck away from those guys. Like don't draft <laughs> don't him. Don't even let him cross yeah, your no, mind. Don't touch him. Like that's how I feel about Julio Jones too. By the right. way, you need to take Cooper this year. I'm telling you, he's going to blow up. Well, I mean, if, if he shows up at the right price, I will. It's all about the right price. You know that. I mean, there's there's certainly a round that if I saw Amari Cooper, I would grab him. But I'm certainly not going in like second round or something like people. Yeah, I mean, I I rejected that last year. Yeah, I was, but he's I was not a going second round anymore. No, he's, he's not. Going... I'm just saying, like I thought he was overvalued even last year, and I was a fan. You know. Yep. The only reason I'm not ending up with him on almost every mock draft team is because he goes at the same price as Josh Gordon. And you guys already know how high I am on Josh Gordon. So if it mm. comes down to those two, I'm going to go Gordon every time. But Cooper's real close. That's why I kind of like going running back, running back early. Because then I can go Josh Gordon, Amari Cooper if I have that tail, you know, 11, 12 spot. I oh. really like that type of start of a team. That's a nasty team right there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Number three on the coaching carousel. Pat Shermer of the New York Giants. I'm actually very interested in this one. The scheme uh, is lit in philosophy listed as West Coast Power Spread, or also known as the Bell Cow Breeder. Uh, mm-hmm. Three, two, one, go. Yep, so Shermer's also one of those West Coast horizontal-based guys, and unlike Nagy, he does stick more horizontal routes in there. Uh, But where he really differentiates, where his flavor comes in, is the running game. He loves taking a horse and riding him to its absolute fullest potential. You got Steven Jackson, you got LaShawn McCoy, just historic workhorses playing under Shermer. In fact, uh, the the stat here that our guy Scott Barrett unloaded, 308.7 carries per season and 61.3 targets per season for his top running backs. It's over 80% of the volume for the backfield is going to their one guy. We saw last year the Vikings were second in the NFL in rushing attempts. 53 to 47 pass to run ratio was fourth mm. lowest in the league. So they really love to pound the rock where Shermer really, and the play action another big thing out of Shermer, he loves to pound the rock to establish that play action Ten get seconds. his guys deep down the field going to be dangerous when you got like an Odell Beckham streaking and you got a guy we're going to talk about in a second, say Quan Barkley in the backfield. 
And that's the guy that, of course, is going to be uh, the player we're going to talk about that was affected the most. You're not going to have to worry about Beckham. He'll be out for the year probably by week three. <laughs> but Saquon Barkley, and if you're somebody that feels like you're not seeing enough of Barkley, you should check out the ESPN body issue. because Have you seen that, dude? Have you seen those pictures? Uh, not every one, but yeah, I've seen a couple. I just I didn't see it till earlier today before we break down Barkley and why he's great in fantasy. Holy fucking shit, that guy's a specimen. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I might not even have to break down anything else. Just look at his pictures, and then you'll at, know why. Look you at the band body mind. issue. If you if you're like you know, I like Saquon Barkley, but I don't know what his inner thigh looks like. Um, check it out, and you'll know. All right, let's talk about Saquon Barkley for the next minute. Go ahead, Wolf. Well, beyond the inner thigh, he's got a lot more going for him. One of the most versatile, complete prospects to enter the league. Really legitimately on par with Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson with his butter-smooth route running, silky soft hands. Mm. Incredibly dangerous with a ball in space, weaving through defenses. Incredible open fault vision. All that great stuff goes with him. Um, you know, Bigger Barry Sanders is what he's often labeled, and not unfairly. Just incredibly elusive, yet powerful at the same time. And now he's going into this offense, again, 370-ish touches on average for Shermer. Perfect for a versatile guy like Barkley. It's literally tailor-made to this skill set. They've already the talk out of there. I've heard people strongly saying Saquon Barkley in a physical run-first team. He's going to be the face of the franchise in the next 10 years. They're really starting to transition that offense over to the backfield. Barkley's the perfect guy to shoulder it. He's a three-down running back, according to Shermer. Going to be on the field for as long Ten as he seconds. can handle it. Guy's going to absolutely dominate an offense that will move the ball well, but most of it's going to be going to move through him. Love him. Love his touchdown reception. Total yardage upside. Nicely done. Nicely done. And I know you've been high on Barkley. And I feel like I almost feel like the media in general or the fantasy community in general is kind of falling in line with you gradually. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, and that happens often. It's almost like it's almost like you were too soon. I know. Or, I, or, 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 I mean, not, not too soon, because I mean, it's like it's not like anything's happened. I mean, you're you're yeah. like ahead of the curve. But it seems like the more stuff I see, everybody's like, oh, man, I, I love Saquon Barkley. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know who said that before any of you? The Wolf of Rotor Street. Yeah, he was just like a, a early second rounder, not three weeks ago. And he's already up to, you know, nine ish ADP. And I still think anything after five or six on Barkley's an absolute steal. If you don't take if you know, six overall is where I have him right now. You've and been, I think that's you've been consistent. You've been consistent. Yep. All right. Number four on the coaching carousel, Frank Reich, quarterback who orchestrated the greatest all time uh playoff comeback, thirty five to three down to the Warren Moon choking Oilers. I lost ten dollars nice. on that game as a 10th grader, I believe. I actually dug that little stat up while I was doing some research on Reich. I wasn't alive to, or if I was alive, I wasn't you watching football alive. closely I enough. Mean, you were alive, just point. barely. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I learned that about him too. That's that's impressive that you just pulled that one out of your ass. I remember, the, the, I remember the game vividly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was actually kind of a big Oilers fan, and it was because of fantasy football, because it was either my first or second year ever playing fantasy football, and I had Warren Moon and, like, uh, one of – I mean, they were the run-and-shoot offense. So, I mean, I was – I was a little bit ahead of my time uh, picking up kind of like the, the scoring was so much lower back then in fantasy. But I had, mm-hmm. you know, a run and shoot offense. I had a quarterback and I think the two best receivers on the Oilers. Of course, the playoffs rolled around. That was not that had not taken effect. But that was actually the first example of me becoming an actual fan of players because I had had them on a fantasy team. So yeah, I was watching that awesome. and they're up 35 to three. And, and I mean, Frank Reich also, just to be clear, was the backup quarterback for Buffalo. Yeah. It wasn't even wasn't like he was their starter. He just came in and did that. 
bad, and that was it. Anyway, Ridiculous. so I'm talking a lot about how good a player he was 26, 27 years ago. Let's talk a little bit about him as a coach for the Indianapolis Colts. His scheme and philosophy you would call passing game wizard, and he's a committee enthusiast. Yeah, right, Go ahead. Yeah, and I got to preface this by saying Reich's actually never called his own plays, so you can't really predict exactly what his scheme and style is going to be. But like you mentioned, as a player, part of some explosive passing attacks, and as an offensive coordinator with the Eagles last year, and then under San Diego with Ken Wisenhunt, Doug Peterson, two great minds to be molded under. And he's kind of already talked about how those guys will influence him. Another West Coast guy that's going to be more aggressive than your standard West Coast offense, he says, will be a multiple attack, up-tempo offense, will be aggressive, will change things up what i mean is multiple we'll use multiple personnel groups multiple formations will change the tempo there's gonna be a strong element of no huddle offense which we saw with the eagles a lot last year and that's what reich really brought to the table even peterson says he was like the no huddle guru so expect andrew luck to be or we'll talk about andrew luck specifically it's gonna be a high-paced attack lots of variety uh, added to this typical west coast scheme very excited to see what reich does in his first season as the guy calling plays Good job. No warning. Still finished in 56 seconds. I like that. Um, and the player, I mean, it seems like a no-brainer which player is going to be affected the most by this. And, I mean, this is a guy who actually was on video recently throwing a football, which for Hallelujah. a quarterback, you love to see your quarterback be able to throw a football, like physically <laughs> throw it. And that, of course, is Andrew Luck. Talk to me about Andrew Luck for the next minute. Absolutely. The no-huddle, up-tempo attack favors luck you know tremendously he's a cerebral guy that's really fun been at his absolute best when he's in a no huddle attack and he recognized that saying all the best offenses that i've been a part of in my career we've not been static we've attacked and i'm sure he'll frank reich have a great flavor and will involve as many people as we can attacking the defense is what it's all about that's exactly what our guy andrew luck can do so well when he's at his best he's he's uh you know got the arm to execute all the throws he knows how to read defenses very well so when he's got a guy that's putting him in position especially with the quick strike throws. He's been more in a longer developing vertical-based attack. Under Reich, he's going to be in a quicker strike attack, which is good for his long-term health given the pressure he usually faced. Plus, they beefed up that offensive line. Quentin Nelson, best lineman in the draft, been a monster at camp reportedly. Braden Smith at number 37. They beefed up the line, so he's not going to get as much pressure up front. Quicker ball, The ball out of his hand quicker with uh, uh, Frank Reich. I think everything's kind of merging here. For If Luck's healthy, he's going to have a monster comeback season. Luck is going to be one of these guys that, you know, is going to be polarizing on the draft board again mm-hmm. because there's always some idiots that have reached for quarterbacks. And even as recently as last year, there were people doing that with Luck, which I thought was crazy at the time. I mean, beyond yep. our philosophy of not reaching for quarterbacks, I was just like, I mean, you know, I've been pretty consistent on like not wanting anything to do with Luck, at least since we've been doing this podcast. And, yep. uh, you know, I think there's going to be people that are going to buy in way too much to luck coming back. And I mean, I, I, what are your thoughts? I, so that is, again, entirely dependent on his health. If he's looking full right, go, coming, right. you know, training camp, I like I said with that that whole spiel, I really think Frank Reich is the best setup he's been in. He's under the best line that he's been in, uh, played with. You got a guy also, Frank Reich, has loved using his tight ends from Antonio Gates to Zach Ertz. And then you give him Jack Doyle, the beanstalk mm. himself, plus Eric Ebron. I'm not too high on the tight ends themselves because it's kind of a eat each other's cheese situation with his uh, committee there. But he, 
the talent is kind of perfect. It's just a matter of how does T.Y. Hilton fit there, too. That's an interesting thing. We break down a lot in the coaching carousel piece. So, again, rotostreetjournal.com slash coaches. You can go to rotostreetjournal.com slash Frank Reich if you just want the Colts one. Um, I'm intrigued by how T.Y. Hilton fits in this. It's either going to be massive and he's going to blow up or it's just going to be a horrendous fit that makes T.Y. one of the biggest busts of 2018. See what way I'm leaning if you visit the site. Yeah, I'm interested. I'll tell you right. I'll tell you which way I'm leaning right now. I'm not touching either of them. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Let's, Fair let's enough. Talk. All right, we're going to do actually, we told you we're doing coaching care. So we're actually going to talk one offensive coordinator just to kind of wet your whistle for this. And you'll get five more in the next episode, baby. Yeah, five more and who knows? And um, like millions more if you want to go to the freaking phone book. Uh, coaching carousel that's on <laughs> rotostreetjournal.com slash coaches that's rotostreetjournal.com slash coaches uh, you can also check out the podcast notes to this episode at ffbd pod is that correct i always get the initials ff gosh man what are yep, the ffbd pod you nailed yeah, it yeah 22 bd pod 22. and it's, it's tough to remember but i started to think of like a little jingle i know to- we need to get one of those annoying like 80s jingles F F B D pod F F B D pod. There you go. There you go. Right. That's a little catchy. You yeah, got that's, it. That's fairly it. catchy. Um, yeah. All right. Let's talk <laughs> offensive coordinators. We're going to talk Todd Haley, who's going to Cleveland, the Wolves' favorite football team, um, and scheme and philosophy. Cleveland. By the way, did you see Baker Mayfield uh, rip Colin Coward, a new asshole? Yes, that was incredible. I hate Colin Coward so much. He's such yeah. a dick. And yes. I, I'm not even a Mayfield fan, as you know, but like, you know, this guy's been such a dick to him and like mm-hmm. d- deserved to be like talked shit to. Cause I'm, and I, yeah. I thought Mayfield managed to talk shit and not look like a jerk, which is yeah. uh, a good balancing act. Actually made me respect him a lot more. Um, scheme and philosophy, the no system system. Ooh, that sounds intriguing or a recipe to go in 16. Talk, Wolf. <laughs> go ahead. So Todd Haley's exact quote and why I came up with the no system system was, Quote, putting players in a position to succeed, playing to their skill set. Wherever I have been, that's really what I've tried to do. No square pegs and round holes. I've said it a million times. It's what our guys do best and gives us the best chance to win. We hone in on that, what we really love our guys doing and what we think gives us the chance to succeed and build from there. That's what Haley says, and any coach would say that, but Haley truly lives it. You look at his drastic change in play calling. 07-08 with Arizona led the league in pass attempts, 97th percentile both season. And then he goes to Kansas City where he ranked in the bottom 20 in pass attempts when he had Matt Castle throwing the rock but he also led the league in rushing those two seasons when he got Jamal Charles and a pretty prime Thomas Jones going so the guy truly does mold to his skill sets he doesn't have a west coast system or an air Coriel where he's going vertical all the way he finds his talents he knows how to squeeze the most out of them we've seen that with the Steelers the last four years where they haven't ranked in the bottom they've ranked in the top 10 offenses four straight seasons Ben Beasley love Todd Haley Love Todd Haley, and that's one of the reasons. Uh, you know, we were. Is is he one of the reasons? This is this is one of the reasons you were telling me you think that the Chiefs are going to struggle, not the Chiefs, uh, the 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 Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not that I think they're going to struggle. Of course, they have you know so much explosive not struggle, talent. but like it was when we were talking about the uh, your upside ratings, like for Roethlisberger, and I was like, you're nuts uh, because exactly. it should be high. And then you you I think correctly were like, well, actually, they've been under this guy the whole time, and he's not there, so there's maybe a little more risk than you're than you're suggesting. Um, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is going to be interesting. He's going to be an interesting fit with them. 
I know it is going to be a treat. And the the Steelers interesting to break down too. Everything says they're just doing the same exact offense, but you got to imagine there is just a little yeah, bit of difference when a guy named Randy Fickner comes walking in, and it's not Todd Haley anymore. Is that going to be a positive? Big Ben apparently loves him, uh, and that's why they kind of made the switch to him. But ultimately, I expect some growing pains, and I think Haley's going to help the Browns really reach that next height. And uh, M- Mr. Fickner, uh, if you would like to come on the podcast, we'd love to have you, and we'd love. You, to hear you break down what you're planning to do with the Steelers this year. Absolutely. Um, and if if we become friends, then I'll call you Randy and not Mr. Fickender. Um, <laughs> all right, the player that is going to be affected the most by this, of course, Josh Gordon. Go for it. And that's because Larry Fitz, Antonio Brown, just flat-out dominant under Haley. And they're going to flat-out dominate anyways, but they really took their games to the next level under Haley, who grew up as a wide receiver coach. That's how he made his way through the ranks in the NFL. So he knows how to preach those little things, the toe-tapping, the footwork, the intricacies of the position. That's what Josh uh, Gordon needs more than anything. He's always had the physical gifts. He's right on par with Larry Fitz and A.B. as a 6'3", 225-pounder that just glides down the field like Randy Moss used to do in his Anyway, so this guy's always been made of elite physical guests. He just needs that guy that can really refine those and then use them to their utmost capacity. What I love about Haley is he loves giving his receivers a chance to go up and make those plays. He does. He's not afraid to pepper, you know, an Antonio Brown with as many targets as possible. And that's the type of body that Gordon has. That's the type of receiver he is, and what he could potentially Done do seconds. here. Uh, so, I mean, it's been a while since that 1,646-yard season where he just led the league in receiving in only 14 games. But he looks good in his stretches. Gray is the 11th best receiver last year by Pro Football Focus. And his span, I think he reemerges with Haley's tutelage. Yeah, and we are— is that under a minute? We are, yeah, no, not under a minute, like 103, something like that. Ah, damn But we, uh, you know, Josh Gordon is definitely—if you listened to the last podcast, which if you didn't, you should. It was the Wolves All-In team. We've gotten decent downloads for it. And, uh, nice. you know, Josh Gordon, definitely one of the guys that's on the all in team. Um, you know, that that all in team. Seriously, you should listen to that. I won't talk about it much. But I love it. It's a good episode. episode. You should definitely check it out. Uh, pretty interesting. And, you know, if you, if you like some of those guys. Right. It's 21, right? Yep. FFBDpod.com slash 21. So yeah, any episode you, you want. You check out you know? these landing pages. Seriously, like uh, the Wolf uh, puts a lot of work into these things. And they're actually pretty cool. Like you should listen to the pod, but check that out because there's there's like, extra stuff there. Um, and Some it really sum, sums up each yeah. one. Um, and, you know, if you're somebody that's discovering us now, like go back and check out some of the pods from earlier this year. There's just like a wealth of information that you can find that we actually it's a pretty extensive website not to toot our own horn. Actually, that's exactly yeah. what I'm doing. I'm tooting the fuck out of our own horn. So it deserves uh, to be tooted. Check it out. Um, we'll be Absolutely. right. We'll be right back to wrap things up after this. Can I just throw oh, go one ahead. quick stat? One quick stat is the only complaint I've heard about Gordon is, oh, Landry's there. What if he emerges as the number one guy? He might be able to. I, I love Landry. I think Landry's an incredible talent. I think they're both very different receivers. And I think because of that, both have a very real shot at topping a thousand yards. There was a season in Arizona where uh, he had Todd Haley had three receivers top a thousand yards, Larry Fitz and Quan Bolden and a creature named Steve Breston. So if you're telling me that those three, including Steve Breston, can go over a thousand yards, I guarantee you that uh, Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry can both do the same thing. And I actually expect that both of them will top a thousand yards and both will be great this year. So uh, Landry doesn't worry me. He only helps him, I think, with just a, a versatile route tree different than what Gordon does. Takes away a little bit of attention. Those two are going to – what do you – what do you think of the best duo of wide receivers in the league? Because Gordon and Landry both come out and said, we're going to be better than anybody else out there. Do you, do you believe them? Do you think anybody else – who do you think contends? I mean, I don't know. If you're talking uh, – I would probably say Brown and Schuster. 
to t- yeah. but, but I mean, also, I mean, Hopkins and Fuller, when they're opposite each other, is really nasty. I mean, Fuller is, is much, True. much diminished, I think, if, if Hopkins is not there and if Watson's not there. We've seen that. But they're they're impressive. And then, of course, you got Diggs and Thielen. I don't know. It's going to be interesting that's to, see, my to see, how it, uh, see how it shakes out. I think it's funny that you said that, that that's the only concern you've heard about Gordon, because the one I've heard is that he's a huge drug addict. Oh, um, yes. But, uh, you know, I'm just that's that's what people are saying. Um, on field concern, I, I should have practiced it. Yes, I'm pulling for Josh Gordon. I hope he actually comes around. But it's just funny to hear that was the only concern you've ever heard because that is yeah. certainly not the top concern uh, that I've heard from anybody else. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna wrap things up right after this. Well, I hope that wet everyone's appetite. Uh, for the coaching carousel, that was pretty nice. Um, yeah, you know, you know, we got four head coaches, one pretty, uh, you know, high-profile offensive coordinator. You know, that's some great information, man. And and so we're saying next next week, next podcast, we're gonna have at least five more. And of course, there's a lot more where that came from at RotorStreetJournal.com slash coaches. Um, check it out, and you know, subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and tell your friends. By the way, because. Uh, you know, I think word of mouth on this podcast is starting to spread, but it, it's slow because, you know, it, you know, we, we want this thing to go nuts. We want this mm-hmm. thing to blow up. I mean, we're getting getting better all the time, um, getting more downloads all the time. Just, you know, tell tell one or two people, hey, you got to check this podcast out. And, and I think uh, they will thank you forever for it. Right. That's the tough part about the fantasy industry is when you find someone oh, you true. like You're and You're competing trust. with them. That's right. You don't want to give it to your leadmates. Right, so we're not mind. asking never for that. Never mind. Don't tell anybody. But find the guy at work that does fantasy and just say, hey, these Roto Street Journal guys are crushing it. They're, they're new to the game, but they're tell among the best out there. Tell your boss. Exactly. Tell your boss. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll give you the raise and promotion once he hears what he's he's been missing on the fantasy fullback dive, the, the podcast that paves the way to your title, baby. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, another great part two following this up with John DeFilippo in Minnesota, North Turner in Carolina, Mike McCoy, Arizona, uh, Matt LaFleur in Tennessee. So we got some big names still to break down here for you guys. Um, and I can't wait to do it next week on the podcast. If you liked what you heard, follow me at Roto Street Wolf on uh, Twitter and Snap. Snapchat. Now that school's over, I'm going to be on those a lot more. Been getting a lot more questions these days, which I love. That's kind of our also our, our backbone as a site is we want to answer every question that's out there. A lot of funny fantasy guys are like, oh, I don't care about your team. Bullshit. Why else we would care you be about in the your industry? team? You we know, care. we care. We care a lot about your team. And I know that sounds kind of stupid and corny, but it's true. No, you know, we doesn't. that's why we're doing this. We want to bring you guys titles. Yeah, I like the ego boost of being right. Everybody does. But it's not about that. It's about the titles that we want to bring you in 2018. That, that's why we started this site. That's why we want you to follow us. And, and so ask away however we can help you. We want to personalize the advice as much as possible. Follow us there. Like Nat said, subscribe, rate us on iTunes. And just rotostreetjournal.com is the, the page. We're going to be debuting the, the Wolf Pack. If you want to be an early member, message me on uh, on uh, Twitter. Maybe you'll get a little discount if you hit me up before we even launch the Wolf Pack because I know you're a loyal listener to the podcast. We'll make sure to give you a free pass to the, the Wolf Pack if you hit me up privately about the Wolf Pack. Um, and Daily Draft was so much starting up, so just make sure you're following Roto Street Journal. I, I'm just super excited right now. It's the best. No, me too. Uh, it's been a good podcast. This might be the, one of the best ones we've done uh, all I year. love it. So yeah, uh, give it a check. It, uh, and, you know, we'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh, my name's Nat The Truth Jones. And I'm The Wolf. Until next time, guys. Later. We used to have it all. But now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh.
second effort. First effort. Touchdown. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.